Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Carrie. And I'm Tanya. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 62. Today, we're talking about ideas and tips for online and distance learning. We'll also share highs and lows from our teaching week, a work smarter, not harder teacher tip. And in our CODA section, we'll we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out, but mostly out, of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. So now talk about our highs and lows and Tanya's yes. going to go. Okay. Highs and lows from our teaching week. Cause I, you know, we just had spring break, but I will go back to our teaching week, which was four days before spring break that we had of online learning. And I am going to talk about the low of um, just being thrown into everything because you don't know. It's just like teaching, teaching online, just like teaching. You don't know all the things that are going to come up until you're actually in the situation is how I felt. And um, the first two days, well, all four days, they're pretty frantic for me. I don't know about everybody else. Remember how last week we talked about uh, the teacher work smarter, not harder tip was don't uh, have your notifications on. Oh, right. Yeah. Guess who didn't do that? I didn't do that. Oh, so all throughout spring break. Yeah. No. Well, no, I'm not talking about spring break. I'm talking about those four days of learning. Gotcha. Okay. Of online learning was, um, yeah, me trying to make things online for kids and like posting assignments or posting videos. And meanwhile, people are emailing me about something that's not working and my texts are going off from my phone and it was like, it was like one of those commercials. I don't know. Yeah. All Everybody of- is too young for those Calgon commercials, but it was like one of those Calgon commercials or just any nightmare office overwhelm scene, you know, Yeah, like that. So I would say that was kind of a low because I got very distracted and I need to organize my, not just my like real time work turn off all the notifications, turn off distractions, but also I just need to organize when I'm going to tackle certain areas that are totally different from teaching in the classroom. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. So, yeah. And you, would you like to talk about a high or a low? You can go high. It's okay. I'm going to be a little cheesy and a little like bright sidey. I hope. That's lovely. Okay. I could do that. Yeah. So I think the whole bright side of this for me has been there's lots of technology tools that I've wanted to learn more about that I've wanted to play with. And it's I never have time. I never have time. And while maybe I don't necessarily have time, it's like I'm forcing myself to learn, which is good. Oh, I'm getting a notification that my internet is unstable. So hopefully this keeps going. Um, so for example, right now, we should probably say this in case people are like, why does this sound weird? Tanya and I are podcasting via Zoom. This is the yeah. first time we've ever done this. And while I'm sad that we're not in the room together, this kind of maybe creates like a new world of like, well, hey, if you can't drive over to my house one night because of whatever reason, you know, if the sound is good and it actually might be better since we each have our own microphones now. So like things like that, like Zoom is yes. a- Cool. And there's We've been forced into these things. Right. 
And there's a lot of things that I personally have been forced into learning that I can see myself using even when we are back physically with our kids in our classroom, because we do have one-to-one technology in my school. A lot of schools I think are going to be realizing that there's a lot of really great tools out there that are free that we could have been using all along to engage our students and not to say that it should ever replace, you know, in-person learning, because obviously that is what is so important, especially in the music room, but in all subjects. But my rambling point is just that um, I've always loved using technology. You guys know this about me anyways. And so this has forced me to just explore new tools because we're not using Seesaw in my school, which is very sad for me and I'm having to get over that. But there's lots of new things that I've been learning that I'm excited to keep using. So I'm being a little cheesy about it, but that's my bright side. That is good. Frustrated. Yes, I've been overwhelmed for sure. And I'm going to try to make sure that I'm still finding balance and that I'm not spending too much time (laughs) creating digital things and exploring tech. But I actually find it to be fun and somewhat relaxing. So even when like in the evening when my kids are just randomly playing video games or whatever, I can sit on my laptop and I can play around and look at tech tools because not leaving the house. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now we are on to our main theme, which is online learning. Online learning. And I know others are farther along than we are. So we are about to embark upon our second week of online learning. And um, yeah, so those of you who are listening, thank you for taking everything we say with a grain of salt. I when we were talking about our last episode, we were looking at the list of stuff that we kind of just pushed out there as far as like, here's this and that. And and then after teaching for only four days, looking at that list saying, well, this I didn't do. And there was other things that popped up that were more valuable to use. It's just such a huge learning curve. And, um, uh, you know, there's new information coming out all the time yeah. about, um, what to use. So let's talk about what worked well in week one. Okay. Tell us something. Do you want me first? Yes, Carrie, you go. Something that I was really proud of myself for coming up with quickly was creating like a thematic unit throughout the week, something that just kind of tied it all together. So it wasn't like this random thing one day, this random thing. My principal that first week that we did this really wanted us to have a strong online presence, meaning he wanted us to post something every day to Google classroom for the older kids. Which and is a little too much. It, it is. And I've emailed him about this and hopefully we can pare down now that we know we're in this for the long haul. But, um, but we don't know that. Well, I mean, at least three weeks long haul versus when we first started doing this, we only thought it was the one week for sure. And then mm-hmm. it got extended. The point being, um, I had to post something every day, but I wanted it to feel tied together for the kids. I wanted it to feel kind of like a project where each day they did something different. So I used Stomp as the inspiration, the whole idea being, well, hey, if you don't have instruments, what can you use to make music with at home? So I created this thematic unit where the first day, which was Tuesday, they I did a Google Slides presentation with some video links in it, and then it went to a Google form where they had to write a response. So that's all they had to do day one. Day two, they created a composition using Google Slides. And then day three, they recorded their composition on their found sound and Flipgrid. So I liked that it was, you know, all tied together, um, that it 
it felt cohesive and it involved a combination of things. It involved music literacy, composition, listening, responding, and active music making. So I thought it was really nice that it incorporated all those different things into one big project. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you want to talk about yours or do you want to go back and forth? You want me to keep going? <laughs> no, you've, you've, you've got a long, detailed, you know, stuff. I just really wanted to focus in on, um, okay, I learned some new ne- new technology and how to use it pretty quickly, ah. which is good. However, I kind of want to slow down on that because it's very easy for me to get excited about using this and using that and, and just throwing it out there. And I don't want to overwhelm the kids, the right. students, and I don't want to overwhelm myself either. Um, so I will say something that worked really well was making videos, um, sing-along videos and me reading books that are songs, videos. And I posted those for um, primary kids, but also some for the older kids. Um, there was a couple of assignments where I had students um, answer on an exit ticket, something about the song that they, you know, noticed or whatever. Right. Um, and and I'm going to go a little bit deeper with that. Like for this next week, I have recorded a song that uh, has the option of you can improvise and you can put in the nouns in this verse. And I'm going to have students do that kind of thing. But my overall goal is for them to be active music making and mm-hmm. singing along. So doing the echo songs has been good. And I've gotten my own children to like stand behind me sometimes with a puppet because yep. for some strange reason, neither one of them want to be on. They don't, they don't want to be on camera, That's but they're okay. If they have a puppet. Well, for fifth grader and a ninth grader, see ninth grader. Oh, puppet. Oh, oh, and you're bonking. Yes. Sorry, I'm, I didn't mean to bonk. It's like fading into our little digital background here. Is it a butterfly? Um, this is my non-binary butterfly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Put them in front of your face. Put put it, them in front of your face. There we go. Okay. Now I can see. Cute. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we went and got a bunch of stuff from school yesterday, and I, I had only brought home a handful of, not a handful, but a few puppets, but now I brought home a lot more puppets, so I had to bring home Rigby. Yes. Oh. Very weird. Anyway, so doing the sing-along things, I got feedback from students and I got feedback from parents and teachers, classroom teachers, saying kids really liked seeing your face and hearing your voice. So that is the thing that I'm really hanging on to, that above everything else is that they, I want to keep up that personal connection and I want them to be making music. That is like my mission statement. Like it is overridden anything else at this point is that we're making music yes. and we're making a personal connection. Yes. So let's so. talk about Loom for a minute and why Tanya and I are so absolutely gaga in love with Loom. Oh so- yeah. So Loom is, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. You go for it. Okay. So because I of course learned this from Carrie, cause she's just a whiz and I'm like a day or two behind her. Um, from uh, Katie Wardrobe at Midnight Music, music tech teacher. That's who I heard about it from. Yes. And Katie is fabulous, which we've said many times on this podcast. But Loom is a Google extension, which is wonderful because it so well integrates anything you're doing with Google. So if you've got Google Classrooms or anything that you're doing, Loom is a uh, video. Uh, you can film just yourself. 
with, of course, your laptop camera, you mm -hmm. can film a little um, circle of you with a backdrop of something that's on your computer. So this has been really handy when I'm like, okay, students, you're going to sing along with me, but here's the words just in case you forgot. Yeah. So it's nice to show a page of lyrics, but then there's me singing and playing my guitar, or you can um, show... Just your computer. Just your computer, which yeah. is useful as well. And the thing that I love about it is that I've op I've uploaded videos to YouTube in the past, and it takes, it takes a long forever. time. And I don't know if you've noticed, but YouTube is getting super slow and bogged down. Mm -hmm. I wonder why. So, I mean, just when I just try to watch like Trevor Noah on YouTube, it's just waiting and waiting and waiting for things to load. And so I am not going to play that game. I kind of feel like maybe we shouldn't be telling everybody because I don't want Loom to be all slowed down either. But... Um, <laughs> Or all of your videos right there in your account on Loom. So it's not stored in your Google Drive and it's not stored on your computer anywhere. And maybe some people worry about that, but I like that feature because... Then I don't have to take up that space. Exactly, and I'm not worried about downloading. Now, once you have it, I think you can download it to your computer or you can also use Loom on your phone. We were just looking at that. Um, there isn't an iPad app for Loom, which I think is kind of interesting, but there is a phone app. So if you want to use your phone to take videos too, you can. So yeah, Loom's been my best friend for sure. I'm doing all of my videos on Loom. Yeah, me too. And Did it's so fast. Think just like you would with a YouTube video. Um, and the other thing is you can turn comments on and off and you can turn on, they have little emoji reactions. You could turn those on or off. But other than that, the screen that the kids are looking at is just your video. There's no ads. There's no junk. Yes. Yes. And they're not going down wormholes because they see something on the sidebar that's intriguing. So I love that. Can we talk about another tech tool that we both mentioned? Can we talk about Flipgrid real quick? Yes, we could talk about Flipgrid. So Flipgrid is a place where students can do video responses. So, you know, me being such a Seesaw fanatic, this was something that I immediately was frustrated with Google Classroom, that there isn't a automatic way to do this, take pictures or videos. The kids can figure it out. They can upload it, blah, blah, blah. But Flipgrid's great because you just provide the kids a code and that sends them to your grid, which is your class. And then you have topics, which is like your assignment. And then the kids can record a little video snippet of themselves and you can limit the time of it. Um, and then they're responding to whatever questions. So in my case, this is where they did their little videos with their stop performances. So they- yes playing and saying their rhythms and they were showing me whatever item they were playing it on. And then once they've uploaded it, then other students in the class can see it, but it's not just out in the public world for everyone to see. So yes, I'm using Flipgrid very cautiously. I'm not going to use it for like singing because kids are probably not going to want to sing in front of each other, but just talking or rhythmic things, I'm not too worried about using Flipgrid. And I had pretty good response for my Flipgrid assignment compared to some of my other assignments, which I thought was interesting. Well, and then my husband and I were talking about this, about how useful it is for younger kids who, you know, to ask them to sit and type yeah, and use the keyboard, like a response that's a sentence, that's some huge, that's, that's a lot to ask of them when they are also dealing with stuff from their classroom. And so, for example, my sing-along great big dog, when I'm saying, okay, now you put in the words, what's going to come down the meadow? It doesn't have to be a great big dog. Um, and what's it going to wag? And we're going to say, go away, big, fill in the blank. You can't have my, and then what is it? Are you going to fill in the blank with there? I can have them do a flip grid 
and have, you know, littlest ones, kindergartners or first graders say, Miss Lejeune, how about a great big um, bunny come down the meadow and he's going to wag his carrot and he's going to say, go away, uh, big bunny, you can't have my trash can, whatever, because they come up with some crazy stuff. Right. Uh, but like, that's going to be quicker than asking them to like fill out a a form where right. they're like typing. Right. And here's something that I'm learning. I, I I mean, when you teach kindergarten, first grade, as a classroom teacher, I'm sure you get to know like common misspellings of stuff. Yeah. There's been a couple of comments on my videos where I'm like, what is Jason saying? I can't work it out. Like, yeah. So someone put like awesome spelled with like O's and S's and U's and M's and Z's. And I'm like, Oh, that means awesome. Okay, cool. Well, and for my ELL kids, I mean, it's so easy for them to record. And even though, you know, sometimes their their English language speaking isn't, you know, where they would want it to be, they don't care, you know, where if mm-hmm. they were typing, they might feel more inhibited. I don't know. It's hard to say. It could go either way. Did you do an assignment where kids had to sing on Flipgrid yet? Or were no, they- I, haven't, I haven't done that. And I was thinking of trying it out and just seeing how it goes. I mean, it depends on your classroom culture. If you've got a classroom where kids are used to doing that all the time in front of each other, maybe it's not a big deal. I think something about the camera, it can be a little intimidating though, especially for singing when you see yourself and you hear yourself. So mm-hmm. I'm, I might not do that. But the other thing I do want to mention with Flipgrid is you can moderate the topic, meaning, and you should do this anyways, where you have to watch the kids video and and then activate it before the rest of the kids can see it. I Uh do that just as a safety net because I don't want kids doing something inappropriate. All of a sudden it's posted before I saw it. I'm going to use this with my middle schoolers and yeah, I don't need anyone pulling down their pants. But if you did want them to do a singing test or a playing test or something where they didn't want to, we didn't want them to see each other's, you could just keep it. Just leave that on and say, I'm the only one seeing it. Right. The problem is the kid can't even see their own video unless they, if they like go up into like their account up in the top right-hand corner, there's like a little button where they can click like my videos and they can see it there, but it doesn't like populate. It doesn't like pop up right away. So I had, even though I told them this, they still sent me like two or three videos because I think they thought the first one didn't take. So you have to be explicit with, Hey, I'm going to keep this moderated, which means you're going to send a video. You're not going to see it. I'll show them where they can find it. But yeah, it's just. And you had told me about that. And so when I made the first video on the page, so I did, I haven't done any official assignments with Flipgrid. I've just pushed it out to students and said, hey, here's something fun, a program for us to learn and let's play around with it. And why don't you tell me what you miss about school? Right. And on with middle schoolers, I said, why don't you tell me a song that you really like right now and why? And you had mentioned that whole thing about them not knowing that you were moderating. So I made the first video. I say, okay, here's my song. And oh, by the way, when you make your video, it's not going to post right away because I'm going to have to look at it first. Right, right. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that to me because, and I still had a student who sent me three videos. In a row, like, oh, I don't think the first one worked. Saying like- the same thing over and over again. I went, okay, which one should I, which one should I pick? I don't right. Know. Yeah. And then I had some kids who just started to have a lot of fun with it and send me random videos of them like just being silly and crazy. Oh my gosh. Yes. I had a wonderful, cute little fifth grade student and she was like, okay, I drew this picture and it took me 
forever. And here it is. Here's my horse. And I just have to show you. And I'm not an artist, obviously, but, and I didn't tell Craig that because that would break his heart. Um, But it was just, she was really, really funny and entertaining. And um, me and my daughter watched her like three times in a row. We're like, adorable. Yeah. I had some that I watched multiple times and it was so pleasant and lovely to see the kids and get a physical, you know, not physical. What's the, what's the word real, you know, interaction. Yeah. Um, something I want to mention about all of these tech tools. So starting with Flipgrid is that we created a little Flipgrid demo class. And we'll- oh yeah. Yeah. I wanted to mention that as well. Notes. So if you want to actually go into Flipgrid and just experiment it and see what it's like from a student point of view, we have a couple topics in there that you can add a video to. And just, it's, I think that's always the best way to learn about tech. You just have to play with it and it takes time. Yes can be frustrating, but you know, there's only so much you can learn just by watching tutorial videos. And speaking of tutorial videos. Well, wait a second. If people want to play with Flipgrid. Yes. Okay. They can go to our Facebook page because we already mentioned it and we gave the code on that page, right? Give it on the show notes too is what I'm saying. Okay. We'll do it on the show notes too. And if you still can't find it, uh, you can message us. Yeah. You can message us. Um, but then I also want to mention, I, I made a couple of tutorial videos. One was about using Loom, how to use Loom. And then another one was about using Google Slides and creating like a worksheet or an interactive activity using Google Slides and how you can then share it with the students so they each get their own copy. That's the most important part, whether it's a document yes. or a slide that you want them to manipulate. So we'll also put both of those tutorials, we'll link to those in the show notes as well. Yes, yes, because those are excellent and people have really enjoyed seeing those. Thanks for making those. Sure. Um, All right. Well, let's talk about week two. Week two. (laughs) So big shout out to our district. We are so appreciative that they have decided to go to a four-day student contact week meaning students are only actively online Tuesday through Friday, and that teachers have all day Monday to plan, do Zoom staff meetings or whatever, you know, tech tech staff meetings and upload things and get everything ready, which is awesome. So tomorrow's planning day and a meeting day for us, but Uh I've already started to put some things together. I'm sure Tanya has this. I have too. And I want to, I don't know, I want to kind of put this out there because I kind of want to I don't really know what the rest of the country is doing with this, but (laughs) I'm really curious to know if other people's districts are giving some specific structures and guidance with online learning because, and our district has been very supportive um, in general, but I will say I kind of felt like it was, Hey, uh, we're going online. Um, Go. Yeah. And we were not, and to this day still, and I'm okay. Cause like I, if you give me a choice, I would rather make it up myself, right. right than be told all the things, but it's kind of been, I, I was just thinking about if I were a brand new teacher, even if I was in my first five years of teaching, I would be freaking out right now oh, about yeah. how to do or what to do or how, how it all goes. Cause it's not just learning the tech, but then the content of it all, like mm-hmm. how much do you give out and how much don't you? And, and so it, along those lines, I think this is the time that I want to say less is more from everything I've been hearing. Yes. 
Yeah, it's interesting because I've been hearing, you know, and seeing on social media, all the different music teachers that we are connected to and we follow. And, you know, it sounds like it runs a full span of, you know, you will post something every single day and it should be content that you're teaching in class with an assessment or an accountability piece all the way down the line to don't do anything. Yeah. Literally radio silent, nothing. You are not going to post anything, which to me is sad because very sad. Yeah. The value what we do. I feel like there's a happy medium in there. And that's what I'm trying to find where right. I'm still posting things. Yes, there will be some accountability. How much? I was it's probably what I'm gonna find out tomorrow from my principal. But how often we post in the accountability piece maybe is out of our control, but the simplicity piece as far as like, you know, what we're going to post and really what, what's the general feeling? Do we want to just send our kids busy work? No, we want to give them things that not to escape reality, but to give them some, some joy and creative time in their life. You know, I mean, it's back to why do we teach music in the first? Exactly. Yes. And what, why, what is valuable about it? Is it, is it valuable because we can sit down and we can use 16th notes in a 16 beat rhythm pattern that we wrote out? No, that's not, I mean, yes, that's, very useful tool, of course, but we want to focus on music making and the benefits of that, no matter if you've got two people in the house or if you're in your classroom of 30 or or whatever. Um, So when we're talking about, so now we're talking about what we plan to do week two, right? Which, you know, is still formulating second by second with for me because it depends on again the directive I get from my principal. Right. But if it was totally up to me, here's what I would like to do. I'd like to continue with these thematic units, but I'd like to be more like I post once a week with choices. So I'm really a fan of these tic-tac-toe boards or choice boards or hyperdocs, however you want to do it, where you post one thing. And then within that one thing, there's multiple activities that students can choose from. So I started playing around with one for um, kindergarten and first grade. I don't know if you've seen this whole like going on a bear hunt thing that's been going. Yes, that's very cute. Where, you know, people can put teddy bears in their windows. And then as kids are out going for walks with their family, they, they're looking for the bears. So I thought, well, hey, that's a fun thing to play off of, right, for music class. So I created a, uh, a tic-tac-toe board where the center is going to be a video of me and my daughter, if I can recruit her, which she usually is down for this cheesy stuff, doing going on a bear hunt and doing the whole echo thing. And that's like their required piece is they have to do that part because it's in the middle. And then from there, they're going to get three in a row. And so some of the other activities will be watching a YouTube video of going on a bear hunt. And then um, then I'm also going to include Grizzly Bear as part of this board, because then with my kindergarten students, we can review loud and soft. And with my first grade students, I, I use Grizzly Bear anyways as a preparation of quarter rest. So I have some activities woven in literacy activities into that. But again, it's not, the literacy isn't the focus. The focus is the theme of the bear and making it fun. And then one of the boxes in the tic-tac-toe board is go for a walk. How many bears did you count? You know, and actually encouraging them to, to do that activity as well. So that's kind of where I'm going with the little ones. And with the older ones, um, I'm probably going to still continue to have some sort of a a theme, but it might be a little bit more literacy based, but I definitely want to include a lot more videos of me. And, um, you know, I want to make sure that I'm also including like soothing songs, songs that are peaceful, songs that are 
that are just lovely for kids to sing along to, even if they're not attached to any concept. You know, like we said, what's the big picture here? So I like the idea of the tic-tac-toe boards because of the choice aspect. I like the idea of only posting once or maybe twice a week and then having one or two accountability things in there. So it could be a Google form that they do at the end of the week to kind of show what they learned, or it could just be that they simply return the tic-tac-toe board to me where they've crossed off or highlighted the three boxes they did. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm going. Now, I have a question about that. If they do yeah. the tic-tac-toe board and they cross out like the things they did, are you going to be ac- asking for any other accountability? Right. Yeah. Probably one other thing besides the board itself. So like I said, like maybe a Google form quiz at the end where they have to answer some questions that help me understand that they did some of those activities you know, one of the activities might be a Google slide where they each have their own copy, where they're manipulating, you know, icons to create a rhythm or something like that. So yes, again, I'm kind of like, I don't want to go gaga with this until I hear from my principal, because if we're only being required to, you know, have one or two accountability pieces and they don't even necessarily have to be things that are gradable, then I'm going to keep it simple. Right. But if I find out that I have to do a lot of that, then yes, I'll do more. We'll see. So that's kind of what I'm working on. That's awesome. Um, Okay. Well, you have mentioned getting guidelines from your principal. Um, Something that me and the art teacher and the PE teacher have done just today is that we got together through FaceTime and we decided our norms for online learning and what it's going to look like in a general structure, especially since we're at two different schools. We really wanted to communicate with both staffs and say, here's what you can expect from us. Here are our norms, not as far as like content of what we're going to be giving the kids, but as far as how often do we expect accountability from students? And we decided at our homeschool, that's going to be twice a week. Um, And we're going to communicate this with families as well through a video Mm -hmm. that uh, so now with that, we're at these four days in a school week, especially we say that's, that's plenty. And the accountability might be in the form of an exit ticket or a flip grid or something else. Cause I know Craig is having kids take pictures of artwork they've done of drawings, right. um, which in itself, there's some tech issues there. Well, right. Um, what do they do with the pictures? Well, I mean, and all those details, that's that's left up to him, yeah, yeah. you know, the specifics of that. But we just wanted to communicate as an AMP, art, music, and PE team, and say, okay, here is what is going to happen every week. And then the person who is at the other school, the mountain school, you won't be hearing from us. But I'm going to still push out some sing-alongs during. And I make, made sure I checked with them because I didn't want to throw them on the other. Uh, under the best by doing extra stuff. Uh, yeah. So I think it's really easy for families and classroom teachers to get confused about like, they don't know. I mean, I know, and I've got it in my calendar, like who's at the mountain school this week, because how it's been working is that last week, Craig was at the mountain school and we got some emails from um, classroom teachers. who was like, they kids were really confused why they didn't have any art. Well, because they're not supposed to have art. So like, because of those logistics, we really wanted to make sure that we told each school here is how, like, we will have things because not, not every grade level is on Google classroom, mm-hmm. kindergarten and first grade are not doing that. Our kindergarten classes, they are going to work strictly through email. They're not even doing seesaw because they haven't been doing that. 
right? I... Which is fine. So we said, okay, kindergarten teachers, we are going to give you links and information and the links are going to be videos mostly of us talking to kindergartners of what we expect of them. And we're going to be giving those to you by Monday at 3 p.m. so that you mm-hmm. can push that out when you do your email. And then, so we just, it was really great to sit down and hash that out because we haven't been given a structure. So yeah. we're going to give the structure. I think that's a great idea. Not only do we take off that load from our administrators, but then we get to decide that. And I actually think that it's going to be a relief for most people. There is that extra um, concern that other classroom teachers or other teachers are going to be finger point. Not, and I'm not saying that right. our staff is generally like that, but that's always a fear, isn't it? If you're an art, music, or PE teacher, that there's going to be teachers who are pointing at you and going, oh, it must be nice that you don't have to do X, Y, and Z, or mm-hmm. you know, your load is lighter. This is like the wrong time to get all wrapped up in that. Yeah, totally. Um, so we want to make sure that, hey, look, we, we think this is important. We think we this is why it's important. And this is how we're also going to make sure we have that like basic mission statement of this is what we want art, music, and PE to bring to the lives of these kids in this stressful situation is we want them to have the joy of moving their body, of being artistic, of being musical. That is the most important thing. So mm-hmm. we're not going to bombard them with... Um, I will say right here, right now, I'm probably not going to be doing new learning. I am not going to break. Ray. Well, that was going to be our next discussion is what our plans are. So. Oh, okay. Well, what was I? I got on a talk. Sorry. Yeah. So um, as far as what's happening next week, I'm just really excited that we've got a structure in place that was really necessary. Um, with older students. And when I'm saying older, I think I'm going to aim for like third grade all the way up to eighth grade. I really like this idea. And we had been talking about it in our previous podcast about the musician of the month. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be musician of the week. Right? Yeah. So I would really like to use this opportunity to guide kids towards music they're not going to normally hear. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be doing a lot of like either flip grid response or written response, very short of like, we're going to compare and contrast like different artists. We're focusing on our musician of the week. Oh, you know, Catano Veloso, who I mentioned before in our last episode, who is a Brazilian pop singer. He's done lots of covers. Let's compare this Nirvana song by Nirvana and by Catano Veloso. Like those kinds of things is where I'm going to gear with the older kids. I have made some sing-alongs already and I need to be more intentional about doing some sing-alongs that are geared towards the older kids. Mm -hmm. So... That's where I'm headed with my with my third and up. And of course, it's going to be different for each grade level slightly, but it'll be all the same musician. And then for the littler kids, I'm going to keep on um, with doing videos of sing-along things. This is a great time for me to get better on that guitar and um, use those puppets and use those picture books. And I am going to do a little bit of reviewing of melodic and rhythmic concepts with your brilliant Google slides and that kind of thing. Yeah. Like I said, race not happening. Right. Right. So race that's not happening. A, yeah. Kind of the big question I wanted to ask you, Tanya, and have this conversation is, you know, at this point, do you can think that you will be presenting any new concepts this year or are we just kind of where we are and we'll, we'll do some practice if we're thinking of our traditional, uh, 
Kodai PPP model, you know, Mm -hmm. um, are you going to present anything digitally? No, No, I'm not. I, I think that we need to practice what they already know. And to quote a Lemonhead song, it's a shame about Ray, but no, it's not <laughs> happening. Or, you know, fill in the blank, any other. I was concept. comparing this year to both years when I was pregnant and had my children. My daughter's birthday was just last week. My son's birthday is next week. So this is kind of how it felt those years where it was like, I got to where I got to and that was it. And then the next year I kind of had to make up for it and do some concepts, you know, in the following year. And it's, not the end of the world. Like what's the big picture here? I just want them making music at home. And, and I don't know if that speaks to me being, I don't know, lazy or something, but I just think the stress upon the children, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be good for anybody. Well, and for me, I'm still struggling with accessibility. Some of my kids don't even still say they don't have internet. I mean, I don't know. I have based on that very first week of responses on Google form and Flipgrid. And I did a Google slide thing too. I had maybe a quarter in each class of kids responding. And And I wanted to talk about the rate of returns and what's going on with that. Yeah. Same thing here. If I I end something new, I'm going to have to redo it next year anyways, because some of my kids are never going to see it and never going to interact with it. Mm -hmm. I did think about presenting quarter rest because we were so close to presenting it before all this happened. And I feel like that's a pretty easy one. I feel like- You could totally do that. that I mean, it, I think it really, you can go concept yeah. by concept when it comes to some of those things. Right? Yeah. But more difficult rhythmic concepts, syncopated stuff or, or melodic things. Oh my gosh. Thank goodness. I, I'm not I'm not going there. We did synco pa, but- Right. Ooh. For me, it's, uh, I know recorder is, 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 we won't be doing recorder. I mean, even if we return to school, I can't imagine. Well, I, I pushed out some recorder stuff for third grade, but I also made sure I had an alternative reside- assignment. Oh, okay. Yeah. My kids don't have recorders. So like at home, I mean, some of them do, some of them don't. And again, mm-hmm. it's like, I didn't want to do it with some and not all. So if it's an optional thing, sure. But I certainly wasn't going to do a required recorder unit. So fourth grade, in fifth grade, they'll be doing recorder when we come back next year. So exactly. it is what it is. And I did present with my student teacher's help T to sixth grade, finally. <laughs> Thank goodness they are going to middle school knowing the full major scale. And I was going to do some major scale practice stuff with them and composition stuff with them. So I am super impressed. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts, Tanya, before we say goodbye to this topic? So many thoughts. Um, I just... I just kind of wanted to encourage anybody who is feeling overwhelmed um, because, and you see it on social media and you see a lot of people who are asking, you know, questions about online learning and and there's some people who are freaking out. So um, I would just like to highly recommend that you just take time, spend some time, like maybe just can you carve out two hours or even one hour here and another hour there to go onto Facebook and look at Nissa Brown's e-learning mm-hmm. Facebook group, group yeah, fantastic yeah, group. that she set up. And, and I see things fly by there, but today, this morning, I took some time to really watch. She's been doing these 10 minute long videos. Yeah, they're great. Um, about specific tech tools. And she talked to Katie Wardrobe the other day, and I know she's talked to Aileen and mm-hmm. um, to just spend some time to looking at those things. And also, um, anything on midnight music is, is pretty much gold. And 
it's worth researching instead of freaking out and posting something on a Facebook or Instagram, like, what do I do? There's a search bar. So you can go like, what about Pear Deck? And you can type in Pear Deck and then you'll see all these posts about Pear Deck, right. which I haven't used yet. Um, and I, I would just, I, I think my big advice would be like, remember what's most important and keep that in mind. Cause it is really easy to get overwhelmed, but also to get really excited and want to do all of it. Right. And then speaking as a parent right now, we got to be careful that we do not stress out our, my daughter has right. been in tears Aww. so much, not because of the stress of the news, but because how much schoolwork seen at the beginning of the week, like all these things that she's got to do just she just is overwhelming mm-hmm. her and I'm my my husband and I are working hard to like break it down with her and say okay so we see all this but that does not mean you do it all right now and mm-hmm. let's just not look at this part and take this little chunk like that's a skill that she doesn't have in place yet as a fifth grader and some do and some don't but we've got to just know that if we add to that list of stuff Okay, is it going to be something joyful for them or is it going to be something that completely makes a meltdown? Yeah. And my my advice too to help curb the overwhelm too is don't be afraid to simplify the assignments that you're giving so you can give them to multiple grade levels at once. So if I go back to my stomp example, when I had them do their little composition on Google Slides, third through sixth grade, they had the same template, which was only quarter notes, eighth notes, and 16th notes. And it was cute because some of my fourth graders were like, can we use Tita T? And I'm like, nope, not today because I didn't make that template. I mean, I didn't say that to them. And I was like, nope, we're just using this. And I did that purposefully, even though I knew that that was really simple because number one, I didn't know how many kids were even going to be engaging in this stuff. So why would I take the time to make a different set for every single grade level if only two or three kids per class are going to be responding? And number two, they were just getting to know the technology too. So it's like, if you're giving them something that involves new technology, keep the conceptual knowledge and keep the task simple. If right it's tech- no, then sure, you can you can bump it up a little bit. So like with Flipgrid, the very first thing I sent them was just to say hello on Flipgrid. Like you said, what's your favorite song? Or I just said, what's something you missed about school? Just share. And then the next Flipgrid assignment was them actually doing the work that I was going to quote unquote grade them on. So, you know, just keep that in mind too, that these kids and parents are learning tech tools too. So yeah, they're, they're pretty intuitive and can figure things out pretty well, but you can't assume that all the time. So mm-hmm. And you don't know what their home situation is like. Exactly. All right. So now it's time for our work smarter, not harder teacher tip. Tanya's going to share something. I feel like we've already shared a lot. We have of tips. Of tips. Yes. Okay. Um, something that I have needed to do these past unstructured days of the week time is I found it very useful to go to an hour by hour schedule. Oh yeah. Yeah. And be really specific with it. And I know some people poo poo that and everything, but you know what, when I'm in school, that's already dictated for me. Right. I know second grade's coming in at this time and whatever I'm not in school. So, you know, I could spend 45 minutes in the shower, but you know, so it keeps me on track. And 
when it comes to school things, I am making sure that I do not check my email and I do not check the notifications from the Loom videos and from the Flipgrid. Like it's so tempting, of course. Yes. Oh, I put up a new thing. I wonder who's looked at it. And I know. Turn off those notifications and I've made it like, okay, when there's, you know, the last 15 minutes of the hour is when I check those things and I Mm -hmm. catch up and I've got 15 minutes. And if I haven't answered this email or that comment, then too bad it's going to be within the next hour yeah. is to have very specific buckets of time where it's like during this time, I am just doing my long range, like planning of what's happening next. And then mm-hmm. during this time, I will talk to people But you know, you can't do things as they hit you. You've yeah, totally. We've reached the CODA section where we talk about something we've been enjoying out of the music room in these days of binging and watching things and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you have, Carrie? What is it that you love to do right now? A board game. I don't know I've shared a board game before, but my family, we love board games. And this is something, a proud parent moment. We have taught our kids from very early ages how to play and how to lose and how to lose gracefully. Every time we play a game, we always shake hands, we say good game, and we move on with life. And we play a ton of games. Our board game shelf is a little ridiculous in our house, actually, and it keeps getting bigger. So I want to share one of my favorite board games that we found randomly at a toy store and bought it because it was on the clearance section. And it is so fun. It is called El Dorado or like Journey to El Dorado. I don't have oh, it in front of me. I don't know that one. Be sure to link to it correctly. It is so fun. And so my, my daughter just turned eight. And so we've been playing this game probably for about a year. So she was probably six into seven and she's a clever gal, but still it's, it's, it's very um, doable for younger kids, but as an adult, I still really like it too. So it's like one of these like card strategy kind of games. And one of the things I love about it is that you create your own board. It's kind of also like that Catan game or whatever you call, how do you pronounce that game? of Catan. It's yeah. similar to that, but I like this one better personally because it's a l- not quite as overwhelming. Catan overwhelms me sometimes, but um, <laughs> El Dorado is really fun because you're trying to get your little settler to, you know, El Dorado and you've got to go through different terrains and you have to use the right cards and you can buy up new cards. And anyways, I just think it's really fun. It's usually plays in about an hour hour or so so it's but then you can set up your board to be really difficult or you can make a really simple one um so it's just a really fun game so I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes in case you're looking for new board games to buy and have shipped to your house because cool. it's gonna be going anywhere yeah all right exactly. cool what about you tanya what are you enjoying oh so many things um yeah so i thought i'd talk about television oh that's you know. fine <laughs> I really am enjoying all of the um, late night talk show hosts, um, little things from home, you know, like Trevor Noah's in his apartment in New York and, um, you know, Jimmy Fallon is with his family in their house in New York. And yeah. so I like those, but uh, something that we recently stopped, started watching as a family, which uh, is kind of one of those makeover shows called Get Out of My Room. <laughs> 
And it's a show that focuses on like two siblings and it's a different episode. Each episode has like a new sets of siblings that have been sharing a room. And now there's an extra room available in their house. And um, they decide through whatever kind of wacky contest they want, um, who's going to keep which room, like who gets the the new room, like, oh, we cleaned out the attic and now we can use it as a bedroom. Who's going to get the other room? And then the siblings with the help of, you know, the two hosts who are like an interior decorator and a carpenter, they make the room for their sibling. I love it. So it's very, it's, it's kind of dorky, but it's very cute. It's like that Trading Spaces show. Do you remember? It's like Trading Spaces, but it's like with, oh, with siblings. So it's like, well, what do you think your brother wants in your, his, his room? Like, well, he's really into basketball and he would like to have some neon and, and then they make their, each other's rooms and then there's a big reveal. And, you know, it, it checks all those boxes of the design show, but it's like really fun because it's the kids. We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. And as always, you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. Uh, Next time, we're just going to keep playing it by ear and seeing what the world needs from us. If we need more online learning, we'll go there. If we need a break from online learning, we'll go there too. So we'll just see what happens. We'll see. So until next time, this is Carrie. And this is Tanya wishing you happy musicking.